0: Thank, Thank you, brother. you, brother. Thank you Appreciate so much. Well. It is good to be here. It's good to see you again. You know, I don't know all of you. It's been a while since we've been here, so I don't know a lot of you. Now, it wouldn't take long; I might forget you anyway. <laughs> and so, and, uh, and of course, some of you probably have forgotten us. And uh, but it is good to be here with you. Uh, we've been we've been supported by the church. And how I judge that is Rick Ramsey was here when the church took us on. That's been a while. That's been a long time. So it's good to be here. We started out, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to tell you everywhere we've been and what we've done, but we started out in home missions. We were in Gilbert, West Virginia, and we stayed there almost 10 years. We started a church, went to Eastern Kentucky almost four years, went to West Germany in 89 and spent 17 years. You know, that thing right there, it just kind of gets in the way. I'm I'm a short man, so let me just put it here and there and down there. Okay. (laughs) I've got this little thing. They've got me on. I think they're going to raise me up a little bit. That's what they're going to do. So uh, you can hear me. Okay. All right. Uh, but we went to Germany, spent 17 years. In 07, we came home from Germany, and we started home in Abroad Baptist Ministries, which is a helps ministry. Uh, we began before COVID. We were going to overseas back and forth, filling in for missionaries when they would come home, and that's a great need. Amen. I found that out when we were in Germany. In in Germany in 2002, I wrote down Home and Abroad Baptist Ministries. And the reason I did, I knew the Lord was sort of leading maybe that way of helping missionaries. While we were in Germany, a lot of missionaries needed help. So we would help them. When they were waiting for a missionary to come to the church, military churches, we would help them. And so I started out there and the Lord was preparing me me and my wife, to do this type work. So after COVID, uh, we're not going overseas so much, but we're helping churches without pastors. Do you know that I have a list of 60-something churches, independent Baptist churches, without a pastor? Oh, and there's more than that, but that's just 60-something I have a list of. And so there's a great need, and that's what we're doing Mainly now is doing that. Now we will be going. The Lord willing, we'll be going in August to uh, October 25th. We'll be in British Columbia. The missionary is coming home, or he's going on furlough. Really, so he's going to his churches like we're doing right now, uh, kind of reporting to his churches, filling in what uh, he needs to tell his churches, and we're going to be there those months. British Columbia. It's just on the border of uh, Montana, just about in Canada. And so uh, we appreciate you, appreciate your prayers, appreciate the financial help. We could not do it without your help, and we thank you for that. Now, let's go in the Bible. I want you to go in the Bible with me to the book of John. Look in John with me in chapter 3. John chapter 3, if you would, please. John chapter 3, John chapter 3, we're going to talk about a man that all of you have read about, John chapter 3, uh, Nicodemus, we're going to kind of follow Nicodemus a little way in the Bible. In fact, we're going to stay in John and we're going to look at Nicodemus and talk a little bit about him. Before we do get started, let me share this with you someone said god how long is a million years to you oh about a minute he said about a minute god how much is a million dollars to you well that that really interests people doesn't it money oh about a penny god would you give me a penny would you give me a penny <laughs> God answered, "Wait a minute." <laughs> so, so, oh my! That's how much—that's how much people know about the Lord. Is that, my goodness? You know, time's nothing. He—he does, he doesn't live in time like we do. And money? Oh, listen, he's—he's uh, he's given it all. You know, he has—he has it all, and we're thankful. Now, look what's being been chapter 3 of John. And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou dost, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. And by the way, that was so wonderful this morning, that young lady quoting those scripture. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. My goodness. And and uh, if she'll keep that up and just keep those scriptures in her mind and in her heart, yeah. my, what a life the Lord's going to give her. Amen. And not only her, but us. If we'll learn the Bible Amen. and starting out young like that, that, that is so, and that's brave for her to stand up here and, and quote the scripture. And she had it before, before her, but you notice that she looked at us. She wasn't looking. Well, it's not. Is it up there? Yes. And then up here. But she was quoting it by heart. And that's great. And I, I pray, I just thought of that. Look in verse 4. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof but canst not tell whether whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness." If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life." For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Did you know that? that is the golden text of the Bible? Oh, golden text. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds might be manifest, that they are wrought in God. I wanted to read all those scriptures. They're wonderful. Wonderful. That's the great, not only the greatest text in the Bible, John 3.16, but that this is the greatest, probably the greatest, one of the greatest conversations that's ever been ever been uh, uh, had, given. The conversation between the Lord Jesus Himself and Nicodemus, a man called Nicodemus. Now, I want us to look at Nicodemus and I want us to, let me first of all say, man is neither bad enough that he cannot be saved. You believe that? Neither is he good enough that he need not be saved. Now, that's not mine. A lot of things are not mine. Adrian Rogers, he said that and probably wrote it down in a book. And I got it one day, and I kept it because it's a wonderful saying, and it's true. Nicodemus, we see here, Nicodemus was in the night of confusion. You know, he said, "We know God is with you." He said to the Lord, the Lord Jesus, and certainly God was with the Lord, the Lord Jesus, but He He was God, yeah. and He is God. And Nicodemus speaking to the Lord Jesus, but he came to the Lord in the night of confusion. We see that in verse uh, 19 and verse 20. We see that he came to the Lord Jesus. He was in darkness. And the Bible says in verse 19, where am I? And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. When Nicodemus came to the Lord Jesus, he came in darkness. This man was in darkness, just like every man without Christ is in darkness. He has no light, but the Lord Jesus is giving him light. And so uh, the Bible says, uh, Emmanuel is the name of the Lord Jesus, God with us. I want to read something to you. And... uh, Somebody said this also. Or wrote this. In fact, the man that wrote this, or he read, uh, said this. I get it right in a minute. He said this. His wife pinned it down. And this man never, as far as I know, never wrote anything. But his wife took it by shorthand when he was preaching, and he and wrote it all down and put it into books. And this man. Tell me his name. Oswald Chambers. You ever read after Oswald Chambers? Some of you have. Wonderful reading. And his wife wrote every bit of that. And she was a wonderful woman. And so he said this, excuse me, all noble things are difficult. All noble things. The Christian life is gloriously difficult. But, The difficulty of it does not make us faint or cave in. It raises us to overcome in our Christian life. Oh, it's hard to be a Christian. Oh, you'd say, I'm not having any problems since I've gotten saved. I haven't had any problems living. You better check up. Did you really get saved? Because when you get saved, the next thing's going to happen to you is difficulty. And it's not going to stop there you're going to have difficulty all through your Christian life. But you know what? That difficulty is going to make you grow in Christ and you're going to become stronger. Oh, yeah. And so that's what difficulty does for us. You know, Jesus Christ, you know it's not an easy road? And let me save that for just in a moment, okay? Uh, look, in, look in John chapter 7 with me. John chapter 7. Now I told you we're going to follow Nicodemus. Go to John chapter 7. Look with me in verse 43 of John chapter 7, verse 43. So there was division among the people because of him. Who? The Lord Jesus. There was a division. And the Lord Jesus causes a division among people. And see, the Bible says here, now what's the division? Well, in the Bible, there's a division here concerning his person, the Lord Jesus' person. And we'll see that. But if you go to chapter 9, verse 16, it's his power. And if you go to chapter 10, verse 19 of John, it's his passion. He talked about dying. He talked about being buried. He talked about rising from the grave. And then there was a division among the people because of it. The Lord Jesus gives or he brings a division. And so we see here in verse 43, verse 44, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto him, why have you not brought him? The officer answered, never man spake like this man. Then answered them, the Pharisees, are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? Well, they just didn't know, did they? Look, and but this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Now it's coming from people that were Pharisees. This is coming from people that were self-righteous people. They believed in themselves. They believed that they were good enough. And they believed that they were all right, never going to make it. But the Bible tells us there's none good, no, not one. And you're here this morning. Do you know there's no good in you? Oh, you'd say, you shouldn't say that. There's no good in me. Nothing good, Paul said, was in him. If there was no good in Paul, he was a great Christian. Then there's no good in any of us. There's none good, no, not one. There was no good in you before you were saved. There was no good in me before I was saved. There's no good in me after I'm saved. No good, not so ever. in my flesh. There dwelleth no good thing. Only good thing about a Christian is the Lord Jesus lives within their heart. The Spirit of God lives within us. That's all. This good. And thank God for that. I'm glad that I found out one day that LeBron Williams was no good. The preacher told me. The preacher preached the Bible. And he told me that everybody were sinners. And he said, I was a sinner. And you're lost, he said. And you're you're going to hell, he told me. There was a man came to my house, Harold Day. I'll never forget him. Harold Day. I wasn't saved. My wife, Lib, Lib was saved, Libby, she was saved, but I wasn't saved. We'd been married a little while, and and it was was not easy. It was hard. It was hard for her, harder for her than me. I thought I was living, I was doing fine. And she wanted to go to church, and she went to church, not as much as she wanted to because of me, but she went. But Harold Day had been a neighbor of ours. And moved away just a little way. And the herald had gotten right with the Lord. You know, when you get right with the Lord, you start thinking about your friends. You think about your family. And you want them to be saved. There was a man last uh, evening, and we pulled up to a BP station. And we pulled up to get some ice out of the machine. And we pulled up and there was a car sitting there. We pulled between the ice machine and that car. And I noticed a man sitting there in the car by himself. And when we pulled up there, I noticed him. I said to my wife, I said, I need, I need to speak to, I need to speak to, I think I'd gotten back in the car after we'd gotten the ice. And I said, I need, I need to speak to. We didn't get the ice. We realized we had a little bit of ice in our cooler, and we'll have to get, we'll get it today, maybe. And I, I said to my wife after we got back in there, in the car, I said, I need to speak to that man. Have you ever had that? Yes. Have you ever just had that in your heart? You just, oh, you, I've got to speak to them. And, and and if you haven't, you're missing out. And and people are missing out too if you haven't spoken to them. You need to speak to them when you, when you feel the urge and you have the opportunity and the open door. Oh, the open doors the Lord gives us. i failed many times with the open door, don't you? But we need to be sensitive. And I said, I need to speak to him. I got out and, and I, I just kind of pecked on his window. He was just sitting there and he was listening to music. And, and you can guess what kind of music he was listening. And you can guess what he, he was all along. And 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 he was hurting. That man was hurting. You say how do you know? How do you know he was hurting? I pecked on his window, and opened, and I said to him, the uh, well, first thing I said to him was, uh, I want to speak to you. I felt like I should speak to you, and I, I want to give you a, a gospel track." And he began to cry. He began to weep. Now, that doesn't mean he's ready to get saved. Many people cry and they're not ready to get saved. So don't you let the tears fool you a lot of times. And and I'm saying, I'm not, I'm hoping he's going to be saved. I trust that he's going to be saved and come to the Lord. I invited him to come to the service today. And and George, uh, he's not here today. I'm looking around and George, I don't see you, but if you are, raise your hand. No, he's not here today. I know he's not here. But he began to cry. And he said, I don't. No, he said, I don't don't believe there's a God. I don't believe there's a hell. And by him saying that, (laughs) I knew he believed it. I knew it. People don't say much about it if they, you know, if they think they don't really believe it. But I knew that this man really believed it. You see the head. Uh, The head didn't say that. The heart said it. The heart says, I I don't want, the fool will say in his heart, no, God, I don't want any God over my life. And on his head, he knows better. But in his heart, he says, no, 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 no. Not willing to even admit there is a God. But he believes he believes in his head there is a God. He knows about God. He's heard about God. And I told him about this church and the name of it. First of all, he said, uh, Mount Calvary Baptist. So he knows about churches. He knows about Baptist churches. He may be a back, he may be backslidden Christian. And uh, but what he was drinking, you know, some backslidden Christians, they'll drink that stuff. Oh, they'll drink it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they don't even know they're backslidden. They'll drink it but they are backslidden. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. And so the Bible says here, you notice it says in verse 47, then answer them, the Pharisees, are you deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people that knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus said unto them, Nicodemus, oh, wait a minute. Here's Nicodemus again. We find him again. He saith unto them, He that came to Jesus, oh, it's the same one. He that came to Jesus benign, being one of them. He was one of them. He was one of the council. He was one of the Pharisees. Doth not, here's what he says. Doth not our law judge any man? Or doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, they rebuked him, art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went to his own house. Here's Nicodemus. Now, what about Nicodemus now? He's in the dawn of conviction. (laughs) He's in the dawn of conviction. Oh, yeah. He spoke up for the Lord Jesus. He's convicted in his heart. Are you convicted today? Are you convicted in your heart today? My, my father-in-law, my, my dad in law we called him granddaddy. He got convicted, 81 years old, got convicted. Baptist deacon for many years. And he lived with us about a year. Went to church with us. And one Saturday, uh, heard him watching wrestling and cursing those wrestlers. A Baptist deacon cursing. Oh, it's possible. It happens a lot of times. Church people cursing. And I said, granddaddy, I stuck my head in the door. What'd you say? Oh, I said, nothing, LeBron, nothing. Well, sure. He didn't want, he didn't want to admit it. He knew he'd knew it'd done wrong. Well, at the breakfast table on Monday morning, after going to church on Sunday, and after hearing the preaching of the Bible, on Sunday morning, Monday morning, at the, at the breakfast table, having devotions, And having prayer, he said, I want to admit to you, LeBron, I I was wrong Saturday. I said some wrong. I want to repent. I want to repent of my sin. I said, how long you been this repenting, Granddaddy? And we had for many years thought Granddaddy wasn't saved. Been praying for him for 17 years. And he said, I'm going to repent right now. I said, Granddad, hold on just a minute. He said, no, I'm going to repent of this. He started praying, God, I want you to forgive me. And he said, God, I don't want to go to hell. Whoa. Don't want to go to hell? A Christian still talking about not wanting to go to hell? No, no, no. If you're saved, you know what the word of God teaches. You know you're not going to hell. You can't go to hell. Jesus took your hell for you and me. When he died on the cross, he took every bit of our hell. He took all of our sin and he did away with them. He didn't just cover our sin. He took it away. It's gone. No more sin. Oh, you'd say, I still sin. Yes, you do. We do. We have forgiveness if we confess our sin in sincerity. He he forgives our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, sure. But Granddad, he just, you know, repenting, repenting. I, I got up. I walked over there with the granddaddy. He's still praying. I tapped on his knee. I got on my knees by him. I tapped on his knee, and I said, granddaddy, don't pray anymore. He looked at me like startled. What are you doing? I said, don't pray anymore. You need Christ as your Savior. You need to ask the Lord. Have you ever asked the Lord Jesus to come into your life? He said with tears, help me, LeBron. He had never asked me to help him spiritually. He said, help me. And I said, for God so loved you, granddaddy, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, that if you, granddaddy, would place your faith in him, he will save you right now. And he asked the Lord to come into his life. 81 years old, been a Baptist deacon for years. 81 years old. The Lord changed that man's life. He, and after that, he told people, he said, this is my son-in-law. In my presence, he'd say, this is my son-in-law, and I hated him, but I love him now. I love him. Now, he had never told me he hated me. He never told me that. But down, deep down in his heart, he hated what I stood for. He hated the Lord Jesus. He hated the gospel. He hated God. Oh, man said to me yesterday, God hates me. No, I should have said, we hate God. But oh, if you'll come to Christ that died for you. God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, not good people. While we were hating God, (laughs) Jesus bled on the cross for us and was buried and rose again. And he's coming again. He's coming for you if you know him. If you don't know him, the Sunday morning I was saved. I didn't know him. And the pastor said he's coming again. And if you don't know him, you're not going up. You're going down. You're going down in this generation. And that was the name of the message, this generation. I never forget it, will I? No, no. I was saved that Sunday morning. Here... Nicodemus, the dawn of conviction. The tension was building. The division is widening. The hatred is deepening. Not because of it, but in spite of it, Nicodemus speaks out. In spite of the difficulty, in spite of what was going on, he speaks out for the Lord. I believe this man was under conviction. And then look, lastly, look in John 19 with me. And some of you know where I'm going You know what I'm going to say in John 19, or I'm going to read John 19. Look in verse 38 of John 19, verse 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought or sought or besought Pilate. Now. Uh, I think for a long time, I thought he was a secret disciple. Oh, wait a minute. There's a comma there. And that really helped me. A comma. Because it says, being a disciple of Jesus, comma. But secretly, (laughs) secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he would, or he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also, oh, there he is again, Nicodemus the man. Oh, what does it say? Which at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where the he was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden a sepulcher or, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus therefore because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. Here is Nicodemus, the daylight of confession. Yeah, he's confessing the Lord openly. Oh, yes, he is. And now, when we saw Nicodemus, we saw the sinner's desperation. He came by night, the night of confusion. But next we saw the sinner's difficulty, standing up. And that was the dawn of conviction, standing up for the Lord. And now we see the sinner's delight. Or I should say the Savior's delight. When a sinner comes to Christ, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels in heaven when a sinner comes to repentance. Who's rejoicing the Lord Jesus rejoicing oh yeah god is rejoicing when a sinner gets saved just think about it when you got saved god rejoiced and i don't know how i don't know how many others in heaven rejoiced but god rejoiced in that and he rejoices today when sinners comes to christ he that, hey, listen uh, there's something i wanted to share with you about the atheist. And now I, I should have shared that a little while ago. Atheists said that Christianity is an illusion that people believe. And the reason they do is that they're afraid of the dark. <laughs> Someone else said that an atheist or that atheists are people that believe an illusion because they're afraid of the light. And isn't that true? That's for sure. And, uh, When you read about Nicodemus, he came into the light. He came out of darkness into a marvelous light as you and I have come. Now, if you read about another one in the Bible, Judas, the Bible says, he then having received the sop, went immediately out and it was night and forevermore it was not with Judas. He hanged himself at night, he died at night, He went to hell at night, and all he knows is night, darkness. He'll never know anything else. And if you're here today, and if you love the light, just look at the sunshine. If you love the light, and you want to continue in the light, you get saved today, and you will continue in the light, the light of the Lord. And you'll never know the darkness of eternity. You'll only know light in Christ. Oh, listen. And so we should not presume. Nicodemus came out of darkness into light. Judas remained in blackness of unbelief. One was saved. The feast on the cross. One was saved on the cross. The Lord Jesus being in the middle. One was saved. One was lost. And that's the reason we should not presume one was saved so that none needs to despair, but only one so that none may presume. I mean, you can be in church. You can be here today. And you may come every time. And you may be lost and you may be lost forever if you continue in your self righteousness. Thinking church will save you, thinking you're good, thinking this is great thinking what you're doing is great, and it is great to be in church, but if you're lost, oh listen, it's eternity that matters. Come to Christ. Trust him as Lord and Savior. And so what do we have with Nicodemus? It was evident that Nicodemus came out of darkness and finally became a born again child of God, a Christian. Here in John 3, we see Nicodemus in the darkness of confusion. In John chapter 7, we see him in the dawn of conviction, willing to give Christ a fair hearing. And in John 19, we see Nicodemus in the daylight or daylight of confession, openly identifying himself with Christ. Have you openly, and the Lord always calls people out. He'll call them out. To himself. And it may be at home. It may be in your car somewhere. It may be anywhere. But you're going to, you're going to openly confess him if you have him in your heart. And you'll do that by baptism. You'll follow him in believer's baptism. If you have been born again, you will openly confess him in baptism to follow him in your life. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord? Oh, it's wonderful how the Lord brings people to himself. I mean, different than he did me, except the same message, Christ crucified, buried, risen again, and coming again. That's the message. But it might be different circumstances. But are you saved today? Oh, I hope you are. I trust, and we were singing a song today, and I think we just got started I think the choir might have been singing and I thought of George, George. George is there somewhere. He may be at home. He may not even have a home. He's somewhere getting over yesterday, but he still has the same problems. He's a sinner and he needs to be saved. And you may not be living a lifestyle like that, but you need to be saved. If you're not saved, come to Christ. Trust Him. I'm going to close in prayer, and the pastor is going to come. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I thank you this morning for the Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the conviction. I thank you for uh, the conviction that the Holy Spirit gives in the sinner's life. I thank you, Lord, for uh, the, the confidence and the power for someone to step out and say, I've been born again. I'm saved. And it's a wonderful thing. Have your way in every life today. Have your way, Lord, in the life of George today. Save him. For Christ's sake. Amen.